Hello, everyone. We originally recorded this episode with Professor Sharon Avni on March 10th, 2022, as part of our Learning About Learning webinar series. We're delighted to release it now as an episode of our podcast. Sharon is a linguist with a particular focus on Hebrew in America, the teaching and learning of Hebrew, the different ways that people use Hebrew, and the ideas that people have about Hebrew, whether they speak Hebrew themselves or not. In this episode, Sharon and I spoke about a book chapter about Hebrew accents among American Jews. She talked about how American Jews themselves talk about their own Hebrew accents, how they feel about the American Hebrew accent. Some Jews seem to be insecure about their accents. On the other hand, some Jews are actually proud of sounding like Americans rather than like Israelis. This conversation is particularly relevant to Jewish educators and Jewish professionals because Sharon helps us to think not just about Hebrew proficiency and the use of Hebrew to communicate, but more broadly about the work that Hebrew does within American Jewish culture. She helps us to question our assumptions about how authenticity is generated through the use of language, and even about what authenticity sounds like. Thanks for being here, and I hope you enjoy listening to my conversation with Sharon as much as I enjoyed talking with her. Hello, and welcome to the Jack, Joseph, and Morton Mandel Center for Studies in Jewish Education at Brandeis University. My name is John Levison. I'm the director of the Mandel Center, and I'm delighted to bring you another installment in our podcast, Learning About Learning. At the Mandel Center, we are committed to advancing the field of Jewish educational scholarship, especially scholarship on teaching and learning, in order to make a deep and lasting difference on the lives of learners and the vibrancy of the Jewish community. That's our mission. We know that there's great scholarship being done in the field of Jewish education, but it's not always accessible. And even when it is, it's not always obvious why people in the field of Jewish education should care about it. That's what this podcast is about, making really interesting scholarship on Jewish education accessible and talking with scholars about why it matters. Thanks for being here, and I hope you enjoy learning about learning as much as I do. Let's get started. Our guest today for this session of Learning About Learning is my friend and colleague, Sharon Avni. Sharon is an associate professor at CUNY, and she's also an affiliated scholar at the Mandel Center of Studies in Jewish Education. She is an applied linguist with a particular focus on the teaching and learning of Hebrew. Last year, she co-authored a book about Hebrew in American Jewish summer camps that I hope some of you had the chance to read. It was great. Today, we're talking about another piece of her scholarship, a chapter that's part of a book project on Hebrew speakers in the U.S. And that particular chapter that we're going to talk about today focuses on Hebrew accents. So with that introduction, let's dive in. Sharon, welcome. It's good to see you. Hello. Thank you so Um, much for inviting me. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's start with some background. Um, As I said, we're talking about a chapter you've written. It's about American Jewish Hebrew accents, um, and it's part of this book about American Hebrew. So tell us about the larger project. Why are you interested in this? Sure. Okay. So um, for years now, I have been looking at Hebrew in the American context. And I've looked at all sorts of settings, day schools, public schools, camps, 
And I've always felt like there was more to say in totality about uh, modern Hebrew in the American context. And so after some of these projects finished up, I was able to really start thinking about that. And so this book, what I hope will be a book, <laughs> is going to look at what this language means um, in the American context for American Jews and others, not what they know or what they can do with the language, but more what the language does for them. And so I'm hoping that through a lens of modern Hebrew, and I want to just underscore that really this is about modern Hebrew, I'm hoping to be able to say something about the contemporary American Jewish community. Interesting. Okay. So that's... Uh using language as a lens into some important issues in American Jewish sociology, American Jewish ideology. Great. In this particular chapter, you're focused on accents. As we said, you actually have, there's an earlier chapter that looks at the kind of linguistic characteristics of accents. I'm sure that would be fascinating to kind of tease out, but that's not going to be our topic today. This chapter is about how American Jews talk and think about their accents. So, how do you do this work? How do you, what, what's the relevant data to understand that question? Sure. Okay. So before I even get to that, can I just take a step back and just say what brought me to this? Because I think what brought me to this informs a little bit of the methodology. Originally, when I was thinking about this project, I wasn't thinking about accent. Really, a few things were happening at the, at the same time. The first was that I read a book by uh, Naomi Sokoloff and Nancy Berg. Um, I believe it's called What We Talk About When We Talk About Hebrew. And so in this book, which is a bunch of uh, scholars and thoughtful people writing about what Hebrew means to them, they use this word Hebraist by choice. And I love that phrase. I thought to myself, wow, this is a great phrase. What does it mean to be a modern day Hebraist? And I was thinking about that. And over the years since I've been doing my work, people have always said, oh, Sharon, you should speak to my cousin, John, because John is one of these people who spends 10 hours a day or, you know, 10 hours a week <laughs> studying Hebrew by himself or whatever, whatever. And I, you know, and I would say, oh, yeah, one day I'd be happy to speak to John, you know your cousin. Um, and then all of a sudden that, that phrase about a modern day Hebraist made me think, well, maybe I should start talking to these people. So mm -hmm. I started little by little to undertake these conversations. And I was trying to understand who are these modern day Hebraists. So that was going on. At the same time, then there was this, uh, the pandemic started, and then there was this article, and we probably, maybe we'll talk about it a little later, but there was this article, or not an article, I'm sorry, there was a clip that was in the Israeli, um, on one of the Israeli uh, television stations. And it was one of um, Rafi Reshef, uh, an Israeli um, journalist, talking to an American woman, an old, a, a woman probably in her 70s, who was back in the gym after, you know, the pandemic. And it was sort of uh, touting Israel's vaccination uh, success. In any event, she uh, is an American woman who moved to Israel at one point. And in this conversation, she clearly has an American Hebrew accent. Yeah, and... well, we should tell people. It's, so her name is Effie Hertzke, and she's like an 80-year-old woman. And she's right. on the uh, she's on a treadmill, like she's actually working out. He's interviewing her as he's working out. Yeah, okay, keep going. Yeah, and, and she's, she's really uh, uh, just a lovely character, uh, you know, of a person you can see. And so this interview it was maybe two or three minutes and what surprised me it was picked up in the press because so many people were so interested in this interview and there were so many comments about her accent 
God, she's, she, you know, this accent, this accent and her use of English, Hebrew and everything like that. And so I started to think to myself, wait a second, what's going on here? Why is this, why are people so focused on her accent? And I guess maybe because it was the pandemic and everything like that, that I just thought, you know, I'm going to write a short piece just about this particular thing and her accent. And one day I sat down a few hours, wrote this piece, sent it off to JTA. It was published. I thought, you know, for my mom, make my mom happy and a few friends <laughs> or whatever. To make a long story short, the piece, I, I, all sorts of people started contacting me. Um, oh, you know, I'm so glad you wrote this. I, the, my accent, my accent, so many people. And I thought to myself, you know, there's something here and I need to explore this. So that's uh -huh. sort of what brought me to accent. And then I started going back to many of the interviews I'd been doing with my, what I was calling my modern day Hebraist. And I started to realize that I had coded a lot for accent and people yeah. talking about their accent. I hadn't realized how salient of a thing it was. So I yeah. thought, well, how do I study this? So one thing were the actual interviews mm -hmm. with people that and up till now, it's been about 115 interviews wow. that I've done with my, what I call my modern day Hebraists, which are yeah. quite an eclectic group of people, but everyone is over the age of 21, I should just say. Um, and so this is a study about adults. So one thing was to look at these interviews and what people are saying about their accents. And also what I found really interesting in these interviews is when they mock their accents, when they mock Israeli Hebrew speakers. So that was one thing. Another thing was just trying to isolate, well, what is this accent? Doing some more like sociolinguistic kind of research where, you know, playing a recording of a speaker, you know, speaking in and asking people, how does this person sound to you? Does this person sound educated? Does this person sound? And there's all sorts of methodologies for doing that kind of research. So I did some of that, like this accent with what is it associated? A third thing that I've been doing is looking at how the accent is actually written and talked about in the media, mm -hmm. both in Israel and throughout the United States. And then the right, so that's the discourse. That's sort of the discourse yes. in the media about the and, accent. Yeah. And then the fourth thing was actually looking at how the accent is represented in things like movies and other kinds of cultural products and media. Yeah. So yeah, all nice. of those things have kind of come together and offered a really interesting methodological approach to getting at this accent. Yeah, at the at the phenomenon in, in all of its variety. I'm going to post um, a link um, to a YouTube clip. This is not the, actually the original clip of uh, Effie Hersky. I couldn't find that one. But this is a sort of a news story about the Effie Hersky phenomenon, maybe the next, I don't know, a few days later or something that uh, that people can look at if they want. So she went viral and then there were follow-up interviews and it was quite funny. And one piece that actually, I don't think we have time to talk about that's about translanguaging and her use of English into English words interwoven into Hebrew itself a fascinating fascinating phenomenon but I think actually we don't have time to talk about it but let's let's just focus in on the on the accent and as you said in listening to these American Hebraists your American Hebraists you hear them talking about accent and that feels very relatable to me I and and I would say many of my peers friends are uh, have a certain kind of self-consciousness about American Hebrew accents, even many of us who are quite fluent in Hebrew. Sometimes there's the criticism of a fake accent, right? My kids get very, very anxious if they think that I'm Abba 
they refer to me as having a fake accent. So that's always uh, difficult to navigate. So what's going on here? Why, why are Americans, typically Jews, not only, but typically Jews when they're speaking here, but why is there such a, a focus on accent? Well, I think in general, accent, as a lot of research in linguistic anthropology shows us, accent is, it is a linguistic reality, meaning, you know, people speak and pronounce things in different ways. But really, it, what is important to me is really its social meaning. And so the meaning that's attached to an accent that's important. Accents are about evaluations. What people say about accents are usually a judgment or some sort of evaluative comment about a person or the group that that person represents, right? And so through that kind of metalinguistic discourse, you know, talk about talk, <laughs> in other words, you can really get at the priorities, the values, the beliefs about, you know, so what I mean is you can get at priorities, values, beliefs, commitments, expectations about what that group represents. And so I think that it's not surprising that accent is a salient factor among American Jews with Hebrew. I think it's a salient factor in almost all groups, even in the United States with English. We talk a lot about the English accent uh, in the United States. What I guess what's surprising to me was that it was not, it, it hasn't been more studied. <laughs> um, and so um, we talk talk about it, but I, you know, we don't really study it in a more contemporary way. Yeah, in a systematic way, right. So our, and by our here, now I'm thinking about American, typically American Jews, American Hebraists, what you're calling American Hebraists, conversation about accents seems to be part of the conversation about about the language pretty, pretty right. consistently. What do you make about of this question of fake accent of you know, uh, American Jews shouldn't use a quote fake accent, which yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure, but I think when I'm trying to speak French, not that I do that very well, but if I'm trying to speak French, I think I'm trying to sound like whatever French sounds like to my ear. I'm trying to represent that. I wouldn't say I have a fake French French. Maybe, maybe I would. I'm not sure. What, what do you think about that? Well, accents are a way of creating symbolic boundaries between groups. And so, you know, they're always connected to a notion of authenticity, that there mm -hmm. is this real, <laughs> authentic way of sounding, uh, of being a Hebrew speaker. Mm -hmm. Now, historically, you know, I'm not a historian, but because of this project, I've, I've been able to really immerse myself in the sort of the history of the revitalization of Hebrew, specifically around the, the, the notion of accent. And this has always been a contested thing about what is the authentic way that this nation should sound, you know, because the, the sound is, is connected to an identity. Mm -hmm. And so the notion of a fake or, or not being uh, authentic enough, again, this is just an evaluation. And I'm not sure what the real accent is, because if you go even to Israel, you hear a variety of, and, and different accents, different Israeli accents of Hebrew have different social meaning even today. So historically, for sure, and even today. I mean, that's one of the things that's also interesting is how much is written that I was able to find about the American Hebrew accent, you know, at least or how it's portrayed by Israelis or how they talk about it. And I didn't really see as much about French or Russians or mm -hmm. other 
groups in Israel, which I think is sort of, you know, interesting in and of right. themselves. It might, they might be written in French and Russian, and I just haven't, you know, come across yeah. Yeah, and and you you write a little bit about this in in the chapter. You know, it's just it's a fascinating, fascinating story. The conscious and intentional development of let's say a normative Israeli accent, right, which was more or less a modern invention, right, like a hodgepodge of other things, like elevating some things, suppressing others, using different linguistic elements from different diaspora communities that were were then around. And we're not we're not actually going to focus on that, but. Uh, I do think that there's just, it's just fascinating to think that when we talk about a quote, a fake accent, in some way we're saying, I, John Levison, I'm not an Israeli. I don't have the right, in some way, I don't have the right to use that accent. It's not authentic to me, right? Even though if I'm in an Israeli taxi, right, I'm just, you, I'm just speaking Hebrew to the Israeli taxi driver, right? I'm just, just trying to converse. But it, it, somehow there's also this anxiety or concern about like, am I, do I have the right to actually speak this way? Right. I mean, you know, I think to some degree, language is never just about communication. You know, it's also about a lot of signaling. It does a lot of identity work. It does a lot of aesthetic kind of work. But I, I don't know if it's so much if I'm thinking about it at this point about the right. I mean, based on uh, the data that I'm seeing, um, I think that in some ways the accent, first of all, I, I would have to say that it, it's a really socially recognized thing. So when I talk to people about the American Hebrew accent, everybody automatically knows what I mean. Because I ask people, do you know what I mean when I say that? Or, you know, or tell me what you think I mean, you know, when I said so, we're, at least we're talking about the same. And everyone recognizes it. You know, it's a particular, everyone nasalizes. It's a very particular, they use the same words. It's very interesting, sort of. But um, I, I'm not sure that people are saying, I don't have the right. And therefore, I'm not going to try. One of the things that I hear is more, you know, I don't necessarily need this language in my life as an American Jew. And these are among the Hebraists. These are people who yeah. are... Yeah, they might have um, synagogue skills or other skills with Hebrew that let them do other things mm -hmm. in their Jewish lives. But in terms of modern Hebrew, I'm hearing and I'm paraphrasing, but, you know, I've worked really hard to acquire this language. I don't necessarily think of myself as Israeli and I don't think of my... As, uh, of that is a bad thing, <laughs> meaning this is who I am. I'm an American Jew. I've worked really hard, sometimes over the course of people's lives, to acquire this language, and I'm just really proud of myself. Despite the yeah. fact that I don't have a Hebrew accent, I, yeah. an Israeli accent, I have an American accent. Yeah, and that, you know, okay. I'm, I want people to know I'm an American. Uh-huh. So I hear that. So I'm, I'm you know, that's, I, so I don't hear people saying I don't have a right to okay. speak like in Israel. Now, I do have to say there are some people uh, to whom the, the normative or a very, you know, Hebrew, uh, Israeli Hebrew accent is very important to them. And, and they have superb, you know, Hebrew on every level. But I would say by and large, that was not what I'm encountering. So there's a line that you wrote at one point in the chapter that was really intriguing to me. You wrote, um, and this is a quote, knowledge of a language can amplify the differences within a group, right? So we typically think that knowledge of language brings people together, but in this line, in this place, in this chapter, you're saying knowledge of language can amplify the differences within the group. So can you explain what you meant there? 
Yeah, I think, I mean, I think that this chapter has made me question this assumption or what I would think of almost as a language ideology, a belief about what Hebrew can do for Jewish peoplehood. And so we have this idea that Hebrew unifies and it's this common Jewish language. And I think to some degree, very true whether people know it or not, meaning, so that's another thing like that attracted to me to this whole project is what does it mean to be so attached to a language that you actually don't know, <laughs> which is sort of, so I think that there's still something to that. But what I'm finding in my things is that often around accent, it's, it's more of a divider actually. And it's a way for people, it's a way for Israelis to project Americans and American Jews particularly in a certain way. Mm-hmm. The accent is seen is feminized, weak, diasporic, gullible. <laughs> Whereas, you know, the Americans on their side are saying, I don't want to sound harsh. I don't want to be pushy. So we have these stereotypes yep. of, of cultures that come out. I'm not saying that accent is the cause for, you know, the, 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 the differences. I just think that it's a way for these kinds of boundaries or borders to be uh, set up between yeah. these groups. Yeah, so interesting. So uh, as you said, both of these things are happening at the same time. Language can be a unifier, right? People can communicate across difference with the language and particularly with accent, it can start to demarcate divisions, American Jews versus Israeli Jews in that case. And and presumably, you know, especially in subgroups in Israel, like the different accents that different subgroups in Israel have um, can also really, really serve to demarcate those groups. So we only have a couple minutes left. And I want to just, I want to ask you about the key takeaways. When you think like when you pull back the lens, what do you think the key takeaways are from, from this work? Well, I think at this point in this process of going through the data, writing it up, one of my takeaways is we have to look at, you know, the sound of American Jews and sort of how they are using Hebrew in creative ways. Again, I think the mocking has been really interesting because when do they try to take on an Israeli accent and uh, when they don't, I think that there's something to be said for the the sound of American Jews that is important. Mm -hmm. um, I think it has educational implications. Now, it's not something in general, I was telling you this before, Broadly, I haven't found that much written about accent and Hebrew education in Jewish education specifically. And I think that's really interesting. Like, why has that been left out? Mm -hmm. And, you know, often we focus on what is being said and not how it's being said. But we know that how is just as important because, again, we make a lot of evaluations and assumptions about the speaker. Now, right. that is not me saying, I don't want to be misunderstood, that we should be focused on <laughs> teaching accent in schools or anything like that. But I think that it raises awareness about the way that American Jews use language to do different types of identity work and how accent either is can be both a big thing and a small thing at the same time yeah. Um, yeah. in that work. Yeah, I mean, when I when I think about sort of the all of the stories about about American Jews learning particular linguistic forms that then Israeli they go to Israel and they try and th those forms out and they, and they find that Israelis don't actually use those particular forms. 
But as you said, that's about the substantive content of the language. And then there's this whole element that doesn't seem like we really examined very closely and, and haven't really thought about in terms of the education. Piece. I just think of it as a local flavor at this point. Like, what does it say about sort of the... Um the localized American Jewish experience. And um, and to me, it's as real as anything, as anything yeah. else. So last, the last question, what was the biggest surprise for you in doing this work? Yeah, there were so many, actually, you know, um, there's so many, but I think the biggest surprise to me, to be quite honest, was just how few people cared about what they sounded like and their enormous pride. Again, I, I mentioned it before. I, I, I just wasn't expecting that. And to be honest, I should have because I myself, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a native uh, Israeli. I didn't grow up speaking Hebrew or anything like that. I acquired it as an adult and I've gone through different, you know, iterations of, of my own Hebrew accent and my own uh, sort of relationship with that accent. And I guess I should have not have been surprised. And yet I was by how many people put in such tremendous effort and so much time and so much love for this language and just feel that this is a way for them to mark who they are. Interesting. Right. So we might we might have thought that there is a kind of the goal is everybody should share the goal of speaking like an Israeli. And what you're hearing in the data is maybe not, maybe, maybe not. not for these folks. They seem to think that, I mean, they they're committed to Hebrew. They want to learn Hebrew, but not necessarily, at least, you know, here, at least not necessarily to actually speak like an Israeli. I would just add, I think it just raises questions also about how we define fluency mm -hmm. or, you know, what it means to be competent. Because yeah. um, so I'll just you know, end it with that. Thank you. OK, we will we will wrap up here. Thank you, Sharon. It's so much fun to talk with you about this work. Thank you all for joining us. I encourage you to check out the Mandel Center events page to learn about other upcoming events. Thank you, Sharon. Thank you all for joining us. Be well.